You were listening to Making It in the Toy Industry, episode number 76. Welcome to Making It in the Toy Industry, a podcast for inventors and entrepreneurs like you. And now your host, Ajel Wade. Hey there, toy people. Welcome back to another episode of the Toy Coach Podcast, Making It in the Toy Industry. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by thetoycoach.com. Now, May of 2021 wrapped with the first ever TCA virtual pitch event, which is an exclusive pitch event for the students of Toy Creators Academy. Now, for today's show, I've got something special for you. You are in for a treat because three of my star students have stopped by to share their experience attending and pitching their toy game and IP concepts at the TCA virtual pitch event. Now, by the end of this episode, you'll have a clear understanding of what it takes to pitch your toy ideas in my virtual event, you'll learn some lessons, and you'll be inspired to take action, whether you are a toy inventor or a toy entrepreneur. But before we dive in, I'd like to introduce you to the students who you will be meeting today. Now, first up, we have Ruthie Wahlberg. Ruthie was born and raised in New York City and has been coming up with patentable ideas since the age of 13. Ruthie spent her professional career in technology and then banking and even cosmetics, but today she steps away from obtaining her first utility patent on one of her many children's product ideas. Ah, she's so fantastic. Can't wait for you to get to know her. The second student that you're going to meet today is Keisha O'Connell. Keisha earned a PhD in chemistry from UCLA and has been working for the Navy for the past 13 years as a subject matter expert in chemistry. Now, she's always been artistic, creative, and a voracious reader. So all of these tendencies led her to enroll in Toy Creators Academy to dive deeper into the toy industry, and she came with an incredible product idea. And last but certainly not least, we have Pamela Salmon joining us today. Pam has had a long career as a teacher, and because of that career, she's found her toy and game inventions inspired with this desire to bring joy, emotional support, and sneak in some education to all of her toy products that she invents. Now, Pam's a toy product inventor and a children's book author. Looking forward to having you guys meet her today. Okay, so those are the three people we are going to chat with right now. Let's not waste any time and let's dive into the interview. Today, I have three students from Toy Creators Academy joining me, and we're going to talk all about the Toy Creators Academy virtual pitch event. We might talk a little bit about Toy Creators Academy. Honestly, this is an unscripted conversation and we're gonna get honest and share some things that we're allowed to share. You know, NDAs are still a thing in this industry, but we're gonna share as much as we can. I don't know what they're gonna say. Hopefully it's gonna be all good things, but I do know that these students um, have been pitching themselves in the industry through the virtual pitch event, and I know that they've done amazing things. So I'd like to welcome to the show Ruthie, Keisha, and Pam. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank, Thank you, for you for having, having us. us. Okay, I've never done this before with four people on the podcast. So when I ask questions, let's start in an order and let's keep it in the same order. 
And that way we'll make sure you all get a chance to chat and nobody gets cut off. We'll start with Ruthie. We'll go to Keisha. Then we'll go to Pam. Sound good? Yep. Okay. Sounds like a lot of pressure for me, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So to start off, Ruthie, when did you join Toy Creators Academy? I joined in September, I believe it was. Yeah. Okay. What were you struggling with at the time when you joined? So for me, I was really struggling with how do I contact toy companies? How do I get into the company as someone who is not represented by anybody? So I really wanted to learn a lot through your course to find how I would make that contact. That's the true. It's like, I had no idea who the, you know, who to contact, you know, all of it. Yeah. Mostly I did women in toys and, yeah. you know, the best, best, best thing, you know, because they have empowerment day. And even when I didn't pitch, which really I didn't, I went there and I talked, you know, I talked to Nancy and she would give me advice on, she said, oh, you started out with just a pencil drawing and look at you, you got a whole, you know, doll now and a book, you know, or whatever. And then, then, you know, what I was doing was more maybe educational and then taking the course helped me understand how I could make it more commercial. I know. I think that was a really, that's a really good point for you. You had so many educational ideas, but we had to come and just really refine those ideas so it would fit what the markets were looking for that you would possibly license to. So that's a really good point. When you signed up, actually, Pam, there was actually no Toy Creators Academy virtual pitch event. Why were you interested in the program, even though there was no pitch event? Oh, that was, you know, because I'd already pitched through through Women in Toys and Empowerment Day, and I learned a lot about how my toy, they would just say something like, you know, it has merit. So, you know, that's not good. So <laughs> that's a sign that your toy is too educational. If they say, your toy has merit, we love it. Take it down the street and find <laughs> find someone who will make it. <laughs> that, then, then you have to refine your toy a little. Oh, so you you had pitched before, but you knew you were missing something because it wasn't getting picked up. So you were hoping to find that in the in the program. Yeah. So I was interested in learning play patterns, and I was interested in learning more about how to directly pitch, and and everything that you taught us that I didn't really know how to do professionally. Well, let's talk a little bit about the pitch event. So the very first one launched May 2021. When I first launched it, you guys had to apply and and submit your product concepts that you wanted to pitch. So Ruthie, I'd love to hear just a little bit about how you felt when you got selected to pitch. What what was running through your mind? So I was extremely nervous. (laughs) And for me, it was something that I wanted to do or at least apply for and hope to get so I could push myself and for for me, it's it, it just pushed me a little further to get where I needed to go and also to build a little confidence and also to realize, you know, the people you present to, they're people too. And I do believe that whether or not your toy is what they're looking for, they do want to help you and they do want to help you succeed. So for my experience, the two pitches I, I went through, we had great conversation. I got great feedback. I've been in touch with both of the people I pitched to. And so far it's been great. It's been great. What did you feel about the process leading up to the pitch? Because before you actually pitched, I wasn't intending to do this, but it kind of evolved where I started helping you guys refine your pitches, like refine your decks, refine your sizzles and things like that. Like, what do you think about that process? So I will say when you helped me with my sizzle, it was very fun and interesting for me to watch 
the changes you had me make is where I saw the two people I was pitching to independently. I saw them say, um, like, oh, oh, yeah. Or I saw them giggle at a certain part of my sizzle, which were the benefits from from your reviewing it. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't yes, know that. yes, oh. yes. Oh, it's thanks. true. Oh, I'm yes. so glad. So it did. It my sizzle was refined, and it was I made it more concise, and it, it worked out much better. So thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. you. Know, there were a couple of students like snuck in late in the game, and I didn't have time to review their sizzles. And I did notice in some of the pitches, I was like, "Oh, I wish that I had seen that." But it's really good to hear that it that it made a huge difference. That's that's great. Did you guys have the same experience or similar? Yeah, I I had. I mean, obviously, when I found out, I I was actually planning on because I felt like I still was trying to figure out whether I should be a toy first, you know, a graphic novel first or animated series, right? Because I wanted all three components. And so when I was thinking down the line, like the next round that this pitch event would happen, I would do it. So then when I applied and I was, you know, on, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of like a poop in your pants feeling like, like, ah, this is so stressful. I don't don't know if I'm ready. So, you know, so having like you what I liked is that you had a very systematic way of showing us what to do and like, you know, the template for a pitch deck and, you know, and just the guidance as otherwise I would, I had no clue what I was doing, honestly. Like I just had no clue. And then also the experience I had was before this was pitching for like venture capitals, you know, like, right. you know, or angel investors, which is very different. You know, they're, they're looking at, more of the metrics rather than the ideas. And, you know, so I, I would have done it a very different way and it wouldn't have been good. So I'm so glad that you were there. I'm I'm glad that helped. It's so interesting because when I saw your pitch deck before you revised it, I was like, wow, she's over-prepared. Like she's so prepared. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. And Pam, how'd you feel about the process? I know, I know Pam, Pam, Pam. Pam was stressed out a little bit. No, I really wanted to pitch a different toy and I would have also put in some of my books and, and stories and scripts and tried because I didn't realize that we were going to have all these other people. I do have to say, through, basically what started to happen with the event was I had, the, the plan was, I don't know if you guys know, the plan was to have like four companies come, right? Yeah, I remember and, that. <laughs> yeah, that was the plan. And That's then, where I got stuck, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was to have four companies come. And then what started to happen is, so many of you started giving, like, submitting ideas that were so good that I thought, oh, I do have somebody that I think would like to see this. So I just started reaching out to people one by one. And next thing you know, I think I, it was over, over a dozen companies. I think it was over 12 companies that ended up coming. just to, And it was literally because I think, Keisha, you and another student had amazing ideas for an IP. And I thought, you know, I do have a friend that might be interested in seeing this for her company. And she, you know, for a long time, she was sitting on the fence, not sure if she would come. And then eventually she came and that turned out to be the potential opportunity for you that's evolving and growing over time. And I don't know, I I feel like what you guys brought is why the event expanded. So I I know some of you struggled with that because then it was like, oh, all of a sudden Hasbro's coming. And you're like, what? I'm not ready. (laughs) Like, you're like, I'm not ready for Hasbro. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but this is just what's happening because your ideas are so many and so good. So I, I appreciate you, Pam. I know Pam, like, 
really hustled to get something together and and built out i think the most elaborate uh, uh prototype you've done so mm-hmm. far right in the toy industry no it's really great yeah i really love it but okay now share with me keisha i would love to hear your experience i know i asked i asked ruthie what her experience was like being selected to pitch going through the process what was your experience like mine was obviously i was nervous very nervous And I, you know, like, that's all I was thinking about from the time, you know, I was selected to do it and then, you know, making my pitch deck and doing it. And also, you know, I pitched to different types of companies and businesses, right? So it wasn't just toys, it was book publishing, and then, you know, maybe an animated series. And so that's all, that's all very different, right? So, so having to adjust and adapt on the fly was a really interesting experience. But what I loved about it was that you adapted to us. Like you, you adapted to what we were creating and you saw the potential. And that was what, like how you're describing, you know, more people were involved in the pitch event than originally planned was because you saw, oh, this, actually this idea would be great for book publishing or animated series. And, and that was really exciting because that's what gave it, you know, the potential that, I mean, it really expanded and I, it went way beyond my expectations. And also just when I, but even though I was nervous, when I met with the people that I pitched to, it was within the first few seconds, I was able to calm down and cause they, they also had good energy, right? Yeah. So they were really nice and, and their feedback was so valuable. I, I learned so much in the, in those two pitch events that I attended that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I it just changed my whole perspective on what I was creating and how to create it. So that was really let's, valuable. Let's dive into the feedback conversation. And you guys can feel free to. I, I know we were going to go in order, but I feel like you want to talk and you're 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 holding back. But let's talk a little bit about the feedback. What valuable feedback did you get that is really affecting how you're moving forward? Um, so for me, so for example, the animated series, like I saw that as the pinnacle, like I had to start with the graphic novels and the toys first, and then like kind of inch my way up like a grassroots way to get to animated series, like get enough, like, you know, notoriety or brand recognition before I could get to the animated series part. And when I the feedback I got was if this is your end goal, you should start here. You should, you should do this and partner and license this. And then the rest will come, you know, it's like the, it's, it's, it'll save you time and energy and, and resources actually, if if you're successful this way. And I, I, it just totally reversed how I was thinking about this. Right. So Keisha, you have an IP that you're shopping around from this pitch event, but you know what? It's so funny because even I, yeah. even I would have never thought before it, before organizing this pitch event, I would have never thought like, yeah, definitely go animated series first. Like do that. That sounds smart. Yeah. Yeah. That no, was really amazing. Yeah. Did you, did you guys learn Ruthie, Pam, did you le- get any good takeaways? So my takeaway from mine is also a little similar to what Pam just said about being educational. Cause I feel mine is a little educational and it might not be what the, to- the toy companies to whom I pitched, what they wanted. Right. But uh, so I, I think I might need to take a different direction, but I, I also might need to target smaller toy companies. 
but I'm also in a place where the the moms I've shown my toy to, yeah. they all loved it and they've all said, wait, this doesn't exist, where the toy companies don't see the value at this point that the moms do. So there's something I need to do to wow the company and there's right. something I need to change it to to make them a little more intrigued or maybe just find some investor and say, sure, I'll do it. So I I'm not really sure what, where I, I'm, I'm going to explore all avenues at this point. Well, I'm almost thinking, I know we, we talked about this in our meetings, the mommy group that will hopefully build out, but I'm almost thinking you should go to influencer moms if moms really love it and see if they'll help promote it in a way that you can maybe get a Kickstarter backing behind it. And right. maybe the end goal is still to get a company to buy it. But, uh, you know, you've heard so many of the companies say if you can show a successful crowdfunding campaign, right. that will influence their decision more, right? So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going to explore everything. So I would love to know if the virtual pitch event inspired you to pitch more on your own. Because Toy Creators Academy, Pam knows this well, she's been through it with me twice now, was designed first and foremost to help you develop and pitch your ideas on your own. And the pitch event was really to give people a way in that was like faster and, and to give you experience and practice and pitching and just fast opportunity. But ideally, I want you to use everything taught in the course to go and reach out to your own people and pitch yourself. So I'm curious if this event inspired you to do that. Well, so I might be one of your seven-year students. So, <laughs> um, so for me, it I'm inspired on many different levels, not just to pitch, but just to redirect what I'm working on, how I'm working on it. But it definitely makes me, it made me feel more comfortable being able to reach out to other people, to people normally I would be not afraid to, but just, you know, scared and, well, I guess scared and afraid, yeah. <laughs> but scared and nervous to reach out to someone. And I've also learned like, just because this person says no, or that one says no, doesn't mean, you know, somebody else is going to say no to. And, you know, it, it is a numbers game. We've all talked about that before. So I only have 96 more rejections till I get one out of 100, maybe one yes. I was going to say, you know, the one thing I did get out of this, and yeah. I think other people will too, is that Mattel talk. I definitely think my other game would be good for Mattel, and I'm going to try to contact him. But the other thing I did was from the talk that we did, I decided to, you know, change things, it, you know, because they thought that it was skewed towards boys. So right. now I'm going to do that one. So there's some girls in it. And I still have to see if there's an area Mattel for that. You brought up two points right there. I want to d dive in a little bit more. One, the Mattel okay. talk, Dave Harris came, talked to everybody just about being an inventor. He didn't review pitches at the pitch event, but he gave his contact info so you could reach out to him as a professional inventor and get signed up. So how many of you did that? I didn't do that yet. Whoa, guys. Why should I do that before I have my sizzle ready? I because have to redo it, my sizzle. So good point, but it does take time to get set up. Strike while the iron is hot. It takes a lot of time. I have all to right. Say, yeah. Even I actually I, took a staycation this week because I'm so burned out, but all right, next week. <laughs> yeah. And then the other point that you brought up, Pam, that I would love to dive into is the stereotypes and the gender norms that are still running rampant in the toy industry. And actually, this is a good conversation for it to be you and Keisha in. 
because Keisha, during our weekly toy support calls that are a part of Toy Creators Academy, you asked me, hey, if I want to develop this toy and this IP, do I have to put pink all over it if I want it to be for girls? <laughs> and I was like, oof, that's a hard question. Like, yeah, kind of, but I don't think, but I also answered, like, I don't think you should do that if that's not uh, true to you and true to what you want this brand to be. But then at the same time, Pam had the experience of going to a pitch and hearing that her idea was too boy. And, and maybe wouldn't be appealed to the entire mass market. So yeah, let's just talk about that a little bit. Pam, what do you, what do you want to say about that? Well, you know, the next thing I'm doing is redoing my sizzle with girls playing with it. And I, I don't know. When I was a teacher, kids loved bugs. They just loved kids. bugs. They were into bugs. And that's what we did, you know? Well, we have to give a little context here, but tell me if you want me to remove this after I say this. But we have to give context to the listeners that don't know what your product is. But it is bug-themed. So that's why right. Pam is mentioning bugs and why girls <laughs> like bugs. I have to say, we have to look at these things two ways. Because when I, when I was there and I heard your feedback, the feedback you were given for this idea, I'm hearing two things. One, you know, sometimes when people say no to an idea, they don't actually outright want to say no. And they might give other reasons for the no. So mm-hmm. part of me was thinking, maybe it's this. But then I also saw how well-received your idea was. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's really not that he's saying no to the idea. Maybe it really is this gender specification that there's an issue with. But what we have to pay attention to is the fact that as an inventor, you're taking a portion of the sales they make, the wholesale sales, right? Mm -hmm. If they take your idea, they're losing some profit. So I think that's why toy companies are very careful about what ideas they take in and they want ideas that are definitely going to have mass market appeal. So I think that that feedback that you received was really someone thinking more from an executive standpoint of, okay, if we're going to give up 5% of of what we make on this product, we have to make sure that it can reach 100% of our demographic. They were, they were selling a luxury toy, and mine was not a luxury toy. That's what I got out of it, and that I should look for a more down-to-earth company that's looking for something more like what I have. And also, I have to say, we're all from coastal cities, right? We're, we're on the west, we're on the east coast. The market is totally different in, in middle America. It is shocking how different I've had to edit and create toys throughout my toy career to fit that market. And I think when we, as well, when you as inventors are developing ideas that you want people to pick up, you might even have to spend time in Reddit or in chat rooms where people from middle America are hanging out and figure out what's going on inside of their head because they're, they're the ones that are driving these decisions, you know, like the, the rest of America outside these coastal cities where we're at, you know, it's like the rest of America that's driving these decisions. So you have to see where their minds are at every year. You have to think like the executive's leadership is saying we need to grow our toy sales at least like 1%. We have to grow 2%. We have to increase our margin. So if educational toys can't do that, that's why they keep saying no. Or if they're unsure they can do that, that's why they're going to say no. So it's, I, I really don't think it's about who, it's, a, it's like marketing. It's marketing more than it right. is about need. This is a great time to talk about the different routes, like entrepreneur versus inventor. When you guys first joined Toy Creators Academy, who here thought they were an entrepreneur? 
Me. <laughs> okay. And you, and then, so Keisha thought she was an entrepreneur. Ruthie and Pam, you were like, no, I'm an inventor. Correct. But, but it's funny because once you're an inventor and you want to create the products you want to create, educational toys, when you pitch them and people don't pick them up, you actually start to realize, oh, maybe I need to be an entrepreneur because maybe I need to create this and put this out into the market myself. And when you're an entrepreneur, you do have to learn all this stuff. Like I, doing what I'm doing, I'm learning so much. It's exhausting, especially when you're starting out and you don't have the funds to hire people to do all this stuff for you, right? Yep, yep. So, yep. At, so either I get to create what I want and I have to learn everything and I can be an entrepreneur, or I have to create what toy companies want to license from me and I can be an inventor and I cannot have to learn all the stuff I have to do to be an entrepreneur. So it's, you know, that's the catch 22. That is, that was my thought for me. So I, I'm still sort of going that direction. But as I said before, I still want to explore possibly doing it on my own, which I know would be a huge cost to me. Right. And I don't have that money. Do I want to do Kickstarter? We'll see what happens. This is something that I'm sure everybody listening is wondering. What was the process like of pitching? That is probably the most important question. We should spend some time on it. Feel free to bounce back and forth. But what was it like to pitch? What was the whole thing like? How did it work? So for me, it was, well, first of all, just getting ready, like getting the slides ready, making sure they're visually pleasing, right? You had, you need a lot of visuals in it, right? Also, it's on Zoom, right? We're doing this room. I, I'm in San Diego. You're in New York. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's somewhere else, right? So it was, it was on video. So you have to be mindful of that. I actually typed out my, what I was going to say. Like, I would look at my slides and type it all out and time myself over and over again so I can stay within the time frame. Because oh. that's another thing about being respectful. You know what I mean? Like staying within their time limits too. And so... I just kept on doing that, like making sure I stayed within, you know, refining, refining. And I I think just from, I know you had a a tight schedule, but just from my experience in all my business dealings, I just think it sends a message that you're respecting their time. Right. So that was a big part of it too. I have to say it made a huge difference. All of our pitch uh, windows, pitch slots were 10 minutes per idea. And the people that came prepared with what they wanted to say made it so much easier for me and definitely respected the time of the people coming. So I appreciate that you were very focused on, on time and, and practice. So it's, that was great. And so I, I actually didn't have notes because my, my sizzle had a lot of information, but I did have my checklist of what I wanted to go over. But I did set my timer and I would peek over every so often to make sure I was in check because... I also didn't want to go over, even though we did start late. I remember Zoom, the Zoom link completely expired. She couldn't get in. And then we had to scramble. And I think I sent you and two or three other people a link last minute. It was, yeah, it was a mess. I forgot about that. But it worked out. It worked out. (laughs) But in real life, you have to to work out these situations. And it was fine. It was fine for everybody. So nothing is usually perfect. So you got to roll with the punches sometimes. And then, well, I, you know, when I did the pitch, I memorized the notes. So I had timed what I wanted to say, even though like a, the, I got a little scared. That's when he said the butterfly thing. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. You got scared. And then, and then you're, the person you were pitching to said a great quote to you to calm your nerves. What did he say? Right. He said, 
that you should the butterflies you should fly in formation have your butterflies fly in formation yeah he said it and wasn't I was, like everybody no. gets butterflies but it's all about getting your butterflies to just fly in formation that's so good. yeah because yeah. I, like, I got like through like everything memorized and then i had to go to the next thing and i just got like a second where i was like frozen for a second and he said that then i was able to relax and and finish it because everything was timed and the best part was then you asked questions because i couldn't even get back into what I would have wanted to ask that fast. I mean, I, I took in what he said about what he thought would simplify it, but I, but I couldn't, couldn't get further, and you did. I realized watching you guys pitch, you were so focused on, like, pitching. You're, like, selling, you're acting, you're, you're giving it your all, and then I could see as soon as you were getting feedback, you were just kind of frozen, like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So I would throw in questions that I knew were going to help you. If you got the right answer, it was going to help you move forward, even if you were getting a no. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to add to that because that was another real benefit of having you involved Yeah. was, yeah, you're right, because you have so much adrenaline after that. So even though I was taking notes, I don't think I was fully absorbing everything from all the feedback. And, and then you asked some really good questions like, Oh, thank you for asking. I wouldn't, I would have forgotten about that, you know? So that was really helpful. Definitely. And I also, can I interject one thing? And I also think for a lot of people who can't go to toy fest or toy fair and who do, who can dial into your class and get to zoom it's, it's extremely beneficial and, you know, it, it makes the whole world a smaller place. And I, I think it's a great platform for people who don't always have resources to, to let everyone be equal and present. So I, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, that yeah. is a really good point. Yeah. And, yeah. and even though I actually did end up at Toy Fair the last time we had Toy Fair, I actually got a ticket through someone and I was not for some reason able to get it myself. So it can be difficult for someone to get a ticket or go to Mm -hmm. an event. So this, this is great. And it was who here got a no at the pitch event. Okay. And how did you handle the no? I'm okay with no. I got mad at him for saying that girls didn't like bugs. I did get mad. Otherwise, I thought he was great. He said, oh, you did a wonderful job presenting and everything is great. But girls don't like bugs. Okay, but how did you, how did you turn the no into a positive? I asked moms if their girls like bugs, and they all did. I don't know. Ruthie, how did you turn your no into a positive? Or do you see any so, positive? I always, yeah, they're definitely a positive in the no. And I also had really good feedback from the people I presented to, and they both really liked what I had. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't the right fit. And they both did offer to help. Well, thanks so much for being here today. Do you have any final words of advice for aspiring toy creators that might be interested in Toy Creators Academy or the virtual pitch event? That whole process really prepared me and also especially if you're a novice, I, I, I don't have any experience in this industry. It was so eye-opening and just to be able to go systematically through everything and then getting those connections and the feedback. I, I don't really know where you could get that anywhere else. So yeah, 
That was no, I thought I thought it was great. I learned, you know, I, I, I did learn a whole lot. You know, the first time that I took the course, it was really abbreviated and it was way too fast for me. So I was glad to have it slower and, and uh, be able to dive a little more deeply into it. But sometimes I feel like, Ruthie, I could do it seven times. You're learning how to do things that you didn't know how to do, like Canva, and, you know, making a web page and mm -hmm. things that I never thought I could do, but I did them. Yeah. So I agree with what they both said as well. And it was great to be with like-minded people. It was great to be with people whose, I guess, our, our hobbies are toys. And we have real lives outside of this and real jobs outside of this. Yeah. So it was really great to connect with people, to also see that we, we all go through the same ups and downs. And what do we do? We're unsure what to do. And, 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 your mo all the modules with all the PDFs. I mean, I have them printed out in a binder, <laughs> untouched, so I can do it several times if I need to do it several yeah. times. And it's really, really invaluable and valuable stuff. So thank okay. you. Yeah, thank and keep you. doing what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Thank yes, you. please. <laughs> we'll do. But okay, before we go, we should probably say, how about we go around and. We each say what our area of expertise is in toy and game invention and where people can find you. LinkedIn, Instagram. <laughs> where can people find you? Ruthie, you go first. What's your area of expertise and where can people find you? So I would say my area of expertise is baby, toddler, maybe more baby. And I can be found on LinkedIn. I think it's under Ruth Wahlberg, not Ruthie Wahlberg, but New York, New York. My expertise is chemistry and science. And so my IP has a lot of chemistry and science involved in it. But I, I mixed it with a lot of creativity and fun storytelling. And you can find me at Keisha Mellison on Instagram or at Keisha O'Connell at Facebook. I recently switched to my married name, which is O'Connell. And yeah. And so I just, I've been working for the Navy for 13 years before this as a chemist. I, I really like to make toys that spark joy in kids and, you know, either way, educational or just fun. And you can find me on my website, cheekyku.com, or you can find me on, I'm in LinkedIn under my name, Pamela Salmon, and I'm on Facebook. And those are the places I usually go to. Perfect. I will put all of the links in the show notes so people can reach out to you for a potential toy and game invention or, or maybe to buy your IP or license your IP. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate you sharing your story and sharing your experience with Toy Creators Academy. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Well, toy people, that is all I have for you today. I hope you found great insight in this conversation with Ruthie, Keisha, and Pam, three awesome students of Toy Creators Academy. Now, if you are a toy industry professional and you know your company is seeking innovation, please head over to thetoycoach.com to learn more about the virtual pitch event. I would love to have you attend. You can grab the direct link in the show notes of today's episode, or you can head over to thetoycoach.com forward slash 76, and we'll put the link in there. Now, if you are an aspiring toy or kids product creator, and you would like to take part in the next TCA virtual pitch event, I'd like you to head over to toycreatorsacademy.com so you can sign up for the wait list 
for the next launch of Toy Creators Academy, but also learn more about the program. Also, if you really want to connect with me and find support from my community, I'd love to invite you to join my free Facebook group. To find the link to that group, head over to thetoycoach.com forward slash 76, or just check the show notes from this episode. We'll leave the link so you can join the group today. I would love to get to know you. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't already left a review, what are you waiting for? I always say I love getting notifications of your new reviews. It puts a huge smile on my face. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, I would love it if you take a moment and leave a rating and review. And you might have your review selected for the next listener spotlight on the next episode, like today's listener spotlight from KHOS511. Today's listener spotlight says, inspired, love listening to Agel and her guests speak about different areas of the toy industry. I'm learning so much about topics that I am less exposed to at my job. It makes me want to do more. Thanks so much, KHOS511, for that awesome review, and thank you so much for being a listener. As always, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I know there are a ton of podcasts out there, so it means the world to me that you tune into this one. Until next week, I'll see you later, toy people. Thanks for listening to Making It in the Toy Industry podcast with Agile Wade. Head over to thetoycoach.com for more information, tips, and advice. Hey, are you an aspiring toy inventor or toy entrepreneur? Then you should check out Toy Creators Academy, the first of its kind online program designed to help you develop and pitch your toy ideas. Head over to toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more.